John, let me ask you a quick question. What did you eat for dinner last night? Last night we had chicken breast. Sadly, they were frozen and probably from Tyson. Um, so this is a chicken that was originally the size of and shape of a bowling ball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with some uh, pineapple quinoa and uh, sweet peas. See, now that sounds actually like a pretty good meal. We had, at my house, we had taco salad, so ground beef from the store, lettuce from the store, and um, tortilla chips from the store. So... Uh, while at on fa- at face value, it sounds like, hey, you know what? That sounds like a pretty decent, healthy kind of meal. As it turns out, that meal could have killed us both. Yeah. And yes. we would never have known that had we never seen this week's documentary, which is Food, Inc. The way we eat has changed more in the last 50 years than in the previous 10,000. The modern supermarket has, on average, 47,000 products. The industry doesn't want you to know the truth about what you're eating, because if you knew, you might not want to eat it. We've never had food companies this powerful in our history. Everything we've done in modern agriculture is to grow it faster, fatter, bigger, cheaper. If you could grow a chicken in 49 days, why would you want one you got to grow in three months? When you go through the supermarket, there is an illusion of so much of our industrial food turns out to be rearrangements of corn. You are listening to uh, <laughs> Real Movies, a podcast about documentaries, where each week we talk about a, a documentary that we've seen this week. Food Inc. is a, a hard look, a really hard look into the behind the scenes of our food production. Uh, it takes us from what we think are when we when we look at at our meals, we usually think about a cow on the farm grazing, and Farmer Joe goes in, kills the cow, cuts it up, sends it to your local supermarket, and that's what we're getting. And really, um, fooding kind of exposes what it is that the food industry does, and some of the kind of dirtier things that the food industry does and some of the more disgusting things that uh, really really make it a very odd thing now once you go out and buy food because you know where it's coming from and you know what it is mm-hmm. what was your initial what was your initial take as soon as you started watching the film like what were your thought processes when you were kind of seeing this go on how did you react it's, it's funny you ask that because more than any other documentary we've watched in this series so far, I, I, I remember consciously having a very clear thought in the first five or ten minutes, which was that this to me feels like anti-fast food propaganda. Like the way they show, like they show burgers coming off an assembly line, they have, they have all sorts of like dark music playing over these images of food coming out in like, like mass production. And so, and not to say that the point they're making isn't right. It's just like, that was the first thing. The first thing I thought was, I have no doubt about where this movie is going and what it's going to be trying to tell. They tipped their hand right from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my, my first thoughts, cause I've seen a lot of documentaries on stuff like that. And the first one that I saw was super size me which is the documentary about McDonald's, and it was very anti-McDonald's, right? I think Morgan Spurlock does a great job with his stuff, but this one, I thought, went even further and said, you think McDonald's is bad, 
try your local supermarket. Try everywhere is bad. Yeah. And it's it's due to the way that we have taken we have taken cows off of their farms and put them into factories to be produced. Which, by the way, and, and I, I realize I'm, I'm maybe stepping into something we're going to be talking about later. Early in the movie, there's a scene with a farmer, like, and he's standing next to a cow that has an open hole yes. inside. Oh, it's disgusting. The, I about, I was, I was sitting on my couch and I was, I was drinking a Coke. I just, I, I set the, I don't think he, I even went back to it. I, I think uh, I left a half un, untouched Coke. Because so, once I saw that image... It, it ruined me for the rest of the day. That was the most disgusting, hands down, the most disgusting image in the whole movie. I did think it was it was interesting. Um, it didn't, it was kind of gross to me, but I did not. Um, it was gross to me, but I, I mean, I wasn't as affected by it, but it was kind of interesting to me on what was in there, mm-hmm. right? The difference between grass and corn. Part of the movie really goes into the difference between grass-fed cattle and corn-fed cattle. And if you ever go to high-end steakhouses, a lot of times they'll, they will boast about their grass-fed beef. Um, and I didn't really, that didn't mean a whole lot to me before I saw this movie. Apparently that's a big deal though. Like that sounds like a boring conversation, but apparently that makes a huge difference in the quality of the meat. Right. And it's, it's, you know, the, the beef is better taken care of if it's grass-fed. It's what would be the equivalent to, like, a free-range chicken um, if you're into the free-range kind of stuff. Um, they're out. They're not crammed into, you know, a thousand cows in just one tiny little, you know, pen area. It hasn't spent its whole life standing, ankle like, knee-deep in, in feces. Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. So... There are a lot of benefits to that, and plus, the the cow's not necessarily meant to eat corn. It's meant to eat grass. the The quality of the meat is better, but it's cheaper to feed it corn because of the way we subsidize corn, which is also something that's really different. I I personally am fascinated with, however, not strong enough. To become a vegan or vegetarian. Have you ever, has it ever crossed your mind that you're like, ah, that would be cool, or that's an interesting kind of lifestyle or whatever? Um, No. No. No, (laughs) no. I, uh, I gave up meat for Lent one year, and that's as close as I came, and that was agony. Oh, right. Well, I mean, I I love meat. I mean, what can I say? Bacon is one of my favorite foods. I have a grill in my backyard that if I don't use at least once a week, I feel like I'm wasting it. And so I just, I really, really enjoy meat. Having said that, in my life, I'm 31 years old, I've had really bad food poisoning three different times. So maybe, maybe I should think about it a little bit more carefully, but I haven't. Well, I mean, this, this film really did get me thinking, um, I, I have several friends who are vegetarian, several friends who are vegan, and I am fascinated with their choice and why they do that, um, but yet I'm not going to pass up a hamburger. I admire I, the discipline. Like, yeah, I mean, there's there's something about that that is very appealing, but um, I do love meat as well. I love bacon. I love pork. I love, you know, beef. I even like, I mean, I'm a big fan of chicken as well, so it would be hard. Um, it would be very, very hard for me to do that, but this movie... 
the the and I'll get into this a little bit in the negatives, but it almost leaves you with like there's there's no hope because you yes, can't it does. change the industry, right? Like the industry are these giant food machines and it's just crazy. I have I do have this kind of theory and not everybody shares this theory with me. You hunt have you ever hunted? I've never hunted in my life, nor nor have, do I have any interest in hunting. Have you ever killed an animal? I, I killed a spider at my house last okay. night. All right. Well, I've eaten thousands of animals, see, I, but I, I never killed this, one. People are really okay with meat because they go into a supermarket and it looks, it's there, it's cut up, it doesn't resemble an animal in any way, shape, or form. It's you know, been cleaned up and it's it's somewhat appealing to your eye as far as the color goes and, and what it looks like and how it's nicely and neatly trimmed. But if people had to kill their own animals, if people had to um if people had to go out and literally kill it and cut it down and do it, they would eat a lot less meat. I'd be if, I'd be I'd be vegan. If, yeah, if, 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 if not a vegetarian. Yeah. yeah. And so I've had, you know, I've had a few conversations with people and I've said, you know, if, if you have a problem with killing your own meat, and I know this isn't a popular suggestion, if you have a problem with killing your own meat, maybe you should have a problem with eating it, right? Now, see, I don't have a problem, like, I don't have a moral problem with killing right. the meat. I'm, I'm just too lazy. Yeah. Hunt, people who hunt have to get up at like three in the morning, yeah. they have to go sit out in the cold. I just don't want to. Right. Well, and I mean, there is... Because I, I grew up in West Texas, and the, that was kind of the thing. My uncle is actually a deer processor. Um, he has an entire, you know, place that uh, you go out and shoot a deer and bring it to him. And so I grew up around that. Um, when I got married, my my uh, groomsman had never been hunting, and so I took him out to my uncle's place and watched him had him watch him skin deer, which he just took him up to a pole. And you run the deer up the pole and the skin comes right off. And oh they gosh. were fascinated with it. But uh, it's just a whole different side of, of that kind of thing. Um, there is something when you shoot an animal that there is kind of this mutual bond and respect. It's not that I'm not shooting because I'm being mean to the animal. I mean, every deer that I've ever shot, I've eaten the whole thing. It's very um, dances with wolves in here. Yes. I mean there there is this but there is this respect. Yeah. I mean there is a huge respect for an animal, right? And it's not just get in there and we're gonna slit your throat and bleed you out and, and move you on down the assembly line. Yeah. Um which I think I mean that was one of the most disturbing things to me. The mass production just, side. Yes, like how all of this stuff goes and how they treat the animals and and I mean, I do think there needs to be a healthy respect for what it is that you're eating. Um, you need to know a little bit more about it than just, you know, it being put into a factory. Because not only are the factories, the conditions are terrible for the um, for the animal, they're really terrible also for the employees. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of really gross stuff that goes on and, and some of these employees are really in danger, but the way that some of these factory work, these factories and, and corporations hire these people, they just exploit them and bring them in from other countries and underpay them and, 
threaten them with deportation if they... Um, and sometimes they do deport yeah, them. They let them work, and then they call INS the day they're supposed to get paid. Exactly. And, I mean, it, it's shady. Um, there are a lot of really shady things that go on. Um, it's not what I would consider free trade kind of labor. Um, no, I, I'm glad you said that too, because I went to a I went to a fair trade conference a couple of years ago, and um and and one of the things that got brought up was we were talk, talking about how sometimes you, there's there's two different kinds of labels there's fair trade and there's organic, mm-hmm. and they said organic doesn't necessarily mean fair trade. However, what organic tells you is whoever is working in these factories, whether or not they're being paid, at the very least they're not being poisoned while they're being while they're working. Right. And so there's which and, and food ink I think kind of highlights the reality of. Some of these working conditions are really, really bad, and not just for and because a lot of it's been on like the quality of life of the animals, which you know there's a, there's a question of you know how how big a deal that is. But once you start talking about human beings, all of a sudden that raises the emotional stakes. Right. There there's so many questions roaming around this, and this is one of the documentaries that has really that I've gone back to multiple times, and it's just kept me thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And I do. I'll tip my hand. I really like this documentary simply for that, right? I might not necessarily <clears throat> think that it's practical for everybody to go buy organic and it's it's not practical for everybody to completely switch their lifestyle and everybody to um, change over to this kind of thing. But, I mean, I don't agree with every argument they make. I just simply think that there are... It raises so many questions in your head, and it gets you thinking about so many different things that, for that reason, I think it's important. Because I don't think people think about – they think, well, I have to eat because if I don't eat, I die. Mm -hmm. Therefore, everything I eat is helping me live. But that's not necessarily true. Yeah, and and the word important – I'm glad you used the word important to describe this documentary because I can't really say I enjoyed it. In fact, it took me several sittings to get through it because – Typically, I'll watch these movies while I'm eating. Yeah, this is one of those <laughs> no, you, you can't do that. Do that. And so I had to, and so I kind of had to make myself finish watching this. And so I didn't enjoy it from like a King of Kong, yeah, um, exit through the gift shop kind of way. But it is important in a Schindler's List kind of way. And I realize that yes. that's an over like Schindler's List is a much more right <laughs> dark movie. But but it's one of the, like you see Schindler's List and you can't say, well, I really enjoyed it. Right, but you can't say it was a bad movie. Like you say, you have to say this is an important, necessary movie. Absolutely, but it was agony to watch it. Yeah, and Food Inc. was the same way for me. Right, I mean, it's kind of like I, I think every kid should have to watch Requiem for a Dream, even mm. though that's a terrible movie and just some <laughs> really, really terrible things. But it's so important to go. Hey, this is the, this is the reality of heroin use. Do yeah. not. The glorified, you know, oh, we're all having fun kind of, you know, Hollywood version of of heroin use. So, um, but yeah, I agree. I think that most people should have to watch Food Inc. to go, what do you believe? What do you, how do you think you should get your food? And and that brings us to an interesting, uh, interesting uh, conversation that this has on the price of food and what what it means to buy um, some of these organic foods and the cost of that and the cost of the production of food and then the cost of 
cheap food and fast food and stuff like that. Yeah, that to me was one of the big takeaways of this movie. Was there? There's a scene in the movie where there's a family going through the drive-through, and they even show what it's it's Burger King. Like yeah. they don't even hide. They don't even have to hide what restaurant they're at. They're and they're ordering off the dollar menu, and they're ordering for like five people, and they end up paying like thirteen dollars. Yeah, and and so you and. That's the kind of thing because I'm cheap and I like fast food. That's the kind of thing I think. Yeah, that's that's great. But also they they take that scene and then they po- take us to obesity and income level are directly connected because uh, b- because cheaper food is less healthy because of how it's made and how it's sort of manufactured and preserved. And so the more organic and healthy food is, the the more costly it is to to get it to you. Yeah, and I I agree. I mean, I think that's a huge. I think that that is that is a huge message that is being sent here. That, I mean, some of it stems from how we subsidize corn, mm-hmm. right? And it, it all stems around the subsidize subsidizing corn and making it cheaper and overproducing corn. Um, there are a lot of Thing. There are a lot of issues that come from subsidizing corn, such as now you can make now you can make a hamburger patty cheaper than an apple, mm-hmm. right? And so, whereas you can pay a dollar for an entire hamburger, you're going to pay a dollar for an apple, and an apple is usually not your meal, right? Um, because because the cows eat the corn instead of the grass. Um, corn goes into making corn syrup, which is sugar, which can be broken down and be put into a lot of things. Well, and it was amazing when they start telling you, like, all the different stuff this is in. It's in everything. There's no way, if you're listening to this right now, there's no way that over the last week you haven't, 90% of the things you've consumed have almost certainly had corn in them, unless you're a vegan. Right. No, I mean, well, even if you're a vegan, you probably had corn. Well, I mean, you haven't had, like, processed, like, corn syrup. You know what I mean? Like, probably, you're not drinking Coke or whatever. Right. Well, I mean, I I know vegans that'll drink Coke and... That's so funny to me that there are vegans that drink Coke. Coke. Anyway, that's I mean, that's a whole side yes. conversation. But, I mean, but. you know, as long as it doesn't have animal product in it, then mm-hmm. most vegans are okay with it. It's just, it's, to me, if, you, if you're going to be disciplined enough to be a vegan, like, <laughs> like how, how much more discipline does it take to give up Coke? Yeah. So, anyway, but that's that's neither here nor there. I, that's, that's probably going to end up on the cutting room floor. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I mean, I think that, I think that the... The problem with this subsidization of, subsidization of corn is that now it's cheaper to feed to the animals, and now it's cheaper to make into all these other products, and and it turns out that it really it really actually hurts globally because if you have a developing country that is trying to um, if that's trying to grow their own crops, but we're going to send them over this really cheap corn. Well, now all the people are going to take the cheap corn over the over the farmer that lives, you know, in wherever, and that farmer doesn't get paid. Therefore, that farmer doesn't have money to reinvest in its own economy, and it really keeps the other economy. It keeps economies of of developing countries that we think, oh, we're sending them food. And helping them out. Well, really what would help them out is to buy the food from the farmer over there and then give it to the people. Yeah. Um, it is not send them a bunch of excess American corn 
I, I read an article one time that says you should never buy or eat corn on the cob or corn in general because really, yeah, because you get so much corn in your diet from everything else that you eat that you are you are essentially overdoing it on corn. That's really too bad because I love corn on the cob. Oh yeah, well I mean it's it's good, and I would love corn on the cob. For corn on the cob. Right. Not for gasoline. Not for, <laughs> right. you know, not for plastics. Not for, um... Dishwasher detergent. Yes, yeah. all of this other stuff that they turn corn into and that we ultimately end up subsidizing through taxes. Um, that's a... Now, granted, I'm saying this via the movie just in case somebody listens to the podcast and wants to sue me for liable, like... Oh, that's right. Food libel laws. Like, apparently, you also can't say anything bad about corn. So, corn on the cob is great. Listen, I love corn Uh, on the cob. I love cornbread. Oh, Uh, I do like cornbread as well. I I like... um, I like corn chips. I I like corn tortillas. Yes, corn chips, corn tortillas. I wasn't a huge fan of the banned corn, but I would never say anything bad about them. Yeah, because I don't want to be sued by the corn industry. That's right. But, um, I mean... It's that's, a powerful lobby. Well, it really is. And, I mean, it, people might laugh, but this movie addresses how powerful the food industry is. I mean, I know that was kind of a joke, and Oprah ended up winning it, but when Oprah said she'd never eat another hamburger again, after kind of having somebody explain this process to her, yeah. it wasn't through Food Inc., but they explained what kind of goes into making of beef and... She said she'd never eat another hamburger again, and she was sued, and it cost her millions of dollars just to just to to win the lawsuit. Her name, yeah. yeah, from a lawsuit because the the lobby, um, the you know different the beef lobby was like, no, we got to go after Oprah because she is telling people not to eat hamburgers, and I mean, well, if you know. Oprah says something, usually millions of housewives follow that. That's true. Yeah. And usually if you and I say something very similar, nobody, no, yeah. nobody really follows suit. <laughs> nobody cares. It, I don't think that would keep anybody from suing us, though. <laughs> That's true. So well, I mean, we'll it, be very careful. I mean, it does it, – look, look at the instance within the movie on the guy with the soybean – the soy seeds. Uh-huh. Like, he was cleaning his own soy seed – or soybean seeds – and apparently, one company has a patent on like ninety nine percent of all um, soybean seeds, which I didn't know you could patent a seed. You can, according to this movie, you can patent pretty much anything. Yeah. So this company, and apparently, if your if your land grows any of these seeds, then you have to pay some money back to them, or you have, uh, you can't, what is it, Monsanto? Monsanto? Uh, Monsanto. Monsanto. Yeah. Like, if you use Monsanto, like, you can't then use any Monsanto products, and Monsanto almost has basically a monopoly in the soy industry. Yeah. And, um, and so, I mean, it really is, it was really kind of scary how they presented that. And so if, if some of their seed blows onto your land and starts growing, now you're now you're answering to the Monsanto Corporation. 
Yeah, and and what's what was and we we wanted to talk a lot about the political nature, which we've already sort of gotten into. But but what was interesting was they talked about how there's really no inter-party political debate, Republicans, Democrats, nothing, because both parties are equally influenced and funded by Monsanto. Oh, yeah. Like, Monsanto has... Has has given tons and tons of money and has tons and tons of influence over both parties. So don't so don't think that this is like anti big business, like like pro right wing, anti whatever, or anything. Because this this covers all does, the parties. Yeah. This this is this is not a well. If you vote a Democrat, then you you should, you'll get more organic food. No, no, because it's it's this way no matter who you vote for. I mean, they really <laughs> kind of documentaries like this and. Um, this, like, let's be nice to the animals kind of thing seems like a very hippie left-wing kind of thing. Yeah. They do not sit there and say, vote Democrat. They do not sit there and say, oh, if we would only vote the right people in. They say, Monsanto's got enough money to buy everybody. Yeah, it doesn't matter who you vote for. They're gonna, Monsanto's going to keep their power. My Monsanto is, like, if you have an issue, have an issue with the amount of money lobbyists can give. Don't have an issue with one party or the other because... It crosses lines um, equally, yeah. and um, both parties are just as guilty. So at least I was glad that they didn't politicize it that way. Yeah. I was glad that they didn't say, um, this could all be solved by your vote, because that's kind of ridiculous. They at least attacked, they at least came in and attacked what I think is the problem, not kind of making it their own little... Um, Here's my political statement, and I'm going to shove it in your face. Well, really, I think I think the overall idea of the movie is it's really scary to eat food. Yes, <laughs> and, and so that was that kind of is the the whole time I'm watching it, I'm thinking is is there without going vegan and without like growing a mass garden in my backyard for everything that I eat, or without having to just go to a farmer's market every time I want to buy anything, is it possible for me to? you know, to not be worried about the food I eat? And the answer is kind of like, no. No. (laughs) It's not. It's every time you eat out, specifically, you are, you're playing with fire. Right. And, I mean, one of the things that I found eye-opening was the chicken, the chicken coops and how they kept all these chickens. I had a, a friend tell me one time that he worked with some kids at a camp over the summer, and one of his kids, his dad worked for Tyson, and this kid's job was to go and walk for the dead every morning. And he said that every night, the because of how many chickens are in a coop, several of the chickens will, like 10, 15, 20 chickens in, in the coop will be dead every morning. And, I mean, there's thousands of Well, they show chickens. that a little bit. And so it? his job is to kind of walk through and pick up all the dead chickens every morning and just throw them out. And... You know, these chickens are, like, some of them, I mean, you see that some of them are so big that their legs break under the weight of yeah. their own chicken breast and things like that. And I I really, of everything that I've thought maybe I can do, the one thing that I've thought about more than any other, and I don't have enough room, but I'm still trying to work on my wife, is I've thought about actually buying my own chicken. Like buying a chicken coop. My parents did that, and and put chickens in our backyard, and then we can have eggs. And then if we just think, hey, this is more work than it's worth, then we'll have chicken for a few nights. Like, and she's not going for it. No, she's not. <laughs> and, but I, I've thought that that's kind of a cool idea. I thought that 
And I don't know. I mean, one of the things that this documentary had an impact on me and made me change is I do only... If I go to the store and buy eggs, I buy free-range eggs. Mm-hmm. If Angie goes to the store and buys eggs, she buys the cheapest eggs. <laughs> so it's in, in our household, she was not near as convinced as I was that we should buy free-range. Did she watch this movie with you? Uh, she has. The first time we, that I watched it, she watched it with me. There and and I will say, I mean, this is this is a thing that every single family will have to to kind of look at the difference between what it costs and what you're getting for it. Yeah. Um. Your sometimes your budget just doesn't allow to pay twice as much for eggs or yep. twice as much for your your beef or your chicken or whatever. I mean, it really does raise the price quite a bit. Yeah, and if you're feeding more than just you or right. or if you don't have just an unlimited budget for groceries, you you do have to kind of pick your proverbial battles. Like yeah. you have to you have to go through the supermarket and decide like okay, the free-range eggs are more important than organic chicken or yeah. it's more important for me to get my meat organic and free-range and all the other stuff processed or whatever. You know, exactly. you have yeah. you have to make those decisions. And what well, one of the things I really enjoy about this movie Enjoy, again, probably not the right word, but one of the things I like is, is that it really does put it in your hands. Like, it really yeah. does say, like, you you get to decide. You're a consumer. You're, you vote with your money. And so go go vote wisely and, right. and make those decisions. And so that I, I feel like that as the takeaway is a good takeaway. Yeah, I, absolutely. It's not practical for your everyday person to get every bit of their groceries from Whole Foods or Central Market or Sprouts or whatever. No. Right? Like, those kinds of supermarkets, those high-end, you know, organic kind of supermarkets are great, but only the super rich can can just shop there at will. Yeah. Right? Especially people with young kids like you and I have, which is so, I mean, it's such a catch-22 because... When you have young kids, you have to be able to make quick meals. You have to be able to to make things that they'll enjoy. You have to be able to feed them. You know, basically, you have to be able to... Kids eat a lot of food, quite frankly. And so, on the one hand, you want to be able to afford that. But on the other hand, you want to keep your kids healthy. And so, there is that tension that you sort of... But again, like you say, unless you have unlimited resources, you, you have to choose... You have to pick your battles. Yeah. This does give you a good... This gives you at least the information that you can do with it what you want. Yeah. Um, this says, if this is important to you, do this. If this isn't important to you, you can, you know, do the other, but at least be informed. Yeah, and that's that's one of my favorite things about this film, is that it, it, it invites people to be informed and to not be ignorant about what they're putting in their mouths and what they're feeding their children. So, on that note, let's talk positives and negatives. Um... I mean, obviously my positives are that it, it opened my eyes to a world that I'd not ever seen. I've driven through Amarillo, which is one of the um, major cattle producers, and as soon as you go into Amarillo, you just smell cow crap. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's everywhere. <laughs> it is kind of known for that, isn't it? Yes, and, uh, you know, I've... I've only once driven by the the actual lots and seen the thousands and thousands of cows, um, and that's kind of you know I've, I I didn't think about it at the time, but then now when you think about it, you're like, wow, that could meat from every one of those could be in one hamburger, which was um, that was something that I don't know that we talked about, but that's why if one cow has an issue 
then all kinds of meat has to be recalled. Yeah, that's why mad cow disease is the scariest thing for, oh, for beef farmers yeah. everywhere because it, it will kill the entire industry. Yeah. One cow. Yeah. Because of so, that. So, I mean, just the information that it exposed to me was incredible. Um, it got me thinking about how I eat and where I eat and what I buy. Um, I mean, all of that stuff became vitally important to me. Um, how animals are treated, how the workers are treated, all of that kind of stuff became a lot more eye-opening when I go to the supermarket and see um, a packaged thing of meat. I do think, what went into this? Who went in, like who went into making this? How did this happen? Um, and I mean, I don't know it, that really spoke to me a lot more than I think some of the other kinds of, um, documentaries that we've watched because I can do something about it. Like I can either choose to buy that or I can choose to not buy it. Yeah. Uh, I can choose to support it with my dollars or I can choose not to. And so I felt like I have some kind of power in that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's, and you know, and, and fair trade products, which they don't really get into fair trade very much. No, they don't. And, it's and it's more about fun. organic than yeah. fair trade. And but I do think that 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 is important. I mean, the way that the workers are treated and the way that the animals are treated, I think is is actually really important to me. So I try now. Of course, sometimes with the necessity of how quick I need something and how much I want to spend on it. Um, Sometimes those come in conflict with, I guess, my ideals. Yeah. Um, so I'm not always, I don't always 100% of the time buy the organic stuff and, and things like that. It's just not practical for me and my family. It's uh, it almost any family that has to be the case. And so l- like you, l- our family, we have to choose, like we always try and buy free range eggs. More often than not, we try and buy organic chicken. Um, I don't, I don't know that we do the same thing with the beef, but now we will, yeah. <laughs> quite frankly, um, because that, to me, that was, that was one of the scarier things. But yeah, my positives were the same as yours. I, I like that it puts responsibility in the hands of the consumer. It says you get to vote. You, at, be, because it's your dollar that all these companies are trying to get, you get to, anytime you spend, you are casting a vote and that vote matters to them. And if enough people change their vote, it's going to change the way the industry is run. That's why it shows, there's a scene where um, there's a, there's a group of people from Walmart who are beginning to look at organic farming. And so, and the reason, I mean, Walmart doesn't have to have like a conscience about it. The reason is because they understand that there's an entire generation of people who now are asking questions about where can I go to get organic meat? And Walmart wants that money. And so we, because as a consumer, you have the money, Walmart at, at some level or another, Walmart is interested in what you want. Right. And so... I like I like that it puts that in in our hands. I, li- I like that it gives the the consumer some power. I like that over the closing credits there there are these little nuggets of here are some things that you can do today. You know, like not huge monumental things, but here are some small practices you can put into place right. that will maybe not change the industry, but at the very least will improve your way of life. You know, in yeah. terms of what you're eating. I also, as a side, I also like that they use a Bruce Springsteen song to close the movie. <laughs> nice. As far as negatives go, the the negative that I have coming out of this is I, I do feel like on some level they paint this doomsday picture that we're all going to be screwed. Because of because it's gone too far, because it's in everything, because 
you know, they're too powerful and we're too weak and they have their hands in the pockets of the politicians and all of this kind of stuff. It, it paints this this doomsday picture that I feel almost hopeless and why why try anymore? You know, why I I don't I'm not I'm not saying that to say that I don't try, but it really does give this very overwhelming um It's bleak. Yeah, we're we're all we're all gonna die now kind of thing because of because we've allowed this to happen. Yeah, in in his review of this movie, I read Roger Ebert uh, his his review and this is a quote from the review. Actually, this is the final line of the review. Food Inc scared the bejesus out of me. Yeah. Which I think that sums it up yeah. pretty well. <laughs> now, and I and I think on some level that might be their point. Yeah, their I point think it is. might be you know, yeah, let's let's scare the audience a little bit. Let's say Let's paint this picture so that something does get done. And it may not change the entire industry, but it can start changing lives and eventually. And I think you did bring up a good point, uh, or at least kind of hinted at a good point on the, um, I think it might be a generational thing, right? Like Mm, our parents probably don't care. Our parents were, especially my grandparents were like, you know, they're coming out of the depression and they want whatever is cheapest, whatever is, it is all about, you know, what is best for their wallet. Yeah. Um, and as we kind of move a little bit away now, granted, I mean, that's still a very powerful message. I mean, that's still a huge thing. Um, we get people going, well, look, is, is something more important to pay more for? than to just always go with what is the cheapest. Yeah. And that, that to me was a great thing that this movie brought up, was that there, there are some things that are simply more important than cheap. And this is something that I've, I've maintained specifically in terms of fair trade. And so, um, but yeah, I, like you're saying, I think there's a generational issue. Yeah. I think we are of a generation that would rather spend money on Tom's shoes that are going to cost us $60, but are going to go to a good cause, rather than spend $20 on shoes that were made in a sweatshop. Yeah, I think I think those I think that's a, that's a choice that a lot of people in our generation are prepared to make. Right, I, I definitely think that, and hopefully our kids will even be more um, prone to say, "Look, let's do the right thing over pay the right money." Yeah, you know. Um, so hopefully it will keep going. Um, and now, granted, that might get you know who knows then how that the economy will function at that point if it's all about, um, you know, pay more, pay more, pay more. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, as far, as far as the negatives go, it just gave me a very bleak outlook. Um, it was not, I, I agree with you. I don't want to compare I don't want to say that this is, um, as important as Schindler's list, but that was a really good analogy at the beginning to say that Schindler's list wasn't a fun movie. It's not a movie that you're like, Date night. Let's go see Schindler's <laughs> List. You know, like, but it is an important movie. I think this, as far as what we eat and what we do, uh, this is an important movie. I, I could not agree more. Absolutely. And and my only negative is it's 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 a it's a negative disguise or it's a positive disguise as a negative, which is it's just not very much fun to watch. No, like I yeah. I really I did not enjoy watching this. In fact, like I said, I had to sit probably four four different times to try and like just get through it just because 
I, 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 as someone who enjoys fast food, yeah, you know, th- this it's, is it's, it's, it's this is hard for me because yeah. I really I want to go to Taco Bell. I yeah. want I want I want my food cheap. I want it fast, and quite frankly, it tastes really good mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so this is it's difficult for me, but. But it's one of those things. It's like it's like taking your medicine. It's like you don't like it, but you need it. You need to understand if you're going to eat a Taco Bell, you need to at the very least be informed about what it is you're eating. Right. And so, th- the negative is I'd, I'd rather not know. And the but but that's wrapped as a positive, which is to say I understand that I need to know. What what's your rating here? I think solely because of its importance, and because this is a movie that I literally have thought about so much, I'm giving it an eight and a half. You know, I'm I'm really close to you. It's I have to give it an eight because it, it not only not only did I think it's important, and not only should and am I going to say I think anybody who is responsible for the dietary habits of another person, like yeah. a parent, I think you need to see this movie. Um, and so, but like I didn't enjoy it, but I can't say it, it's not a necessary film. So I'm I'm with you. I have yeah. to give it an eight. There you go. Yeah. All right. Um, next week we're going to. Still stay in the food and beverage um, category. A lot of similar themes with yeah. next week's film, yeah. Uh, with Beer Wars, so which is a, a much more fun movie. Yes, I enjoyed Beer lot, Wars yes. a lot more. It's so. a lot more fun. Uh, so if you got Netflix, watch Beer Wars, and you can also uh, Food Inc is also available streaming on Netflix yes. if you haven't seen that. Where can people find you? Uh, you can catch my blog, Rob Carmack at blog dot and you? Uh, you can catch my blog at don'tputmetosleep.blogspot.com. And you can catch me on Twitter at... You can catch us on Twitter at Twitter slash Real Movies. And go like us on Facebook, Real Movies yes. Podcast. All right. Well, have a great week. See you next time. <laughs>